Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Paleo Valley. They are one of my favorite companies because their products are super pure, full of incredible ingredients. And I want to tell you about their meat sticks. They have 100% grass-fed beef, pasture-raised turkey meat sticks that my family and I love. My kids love these because they have tons of flavor. They're completely free of carbs and sugar, and they have probiotics in them as well. So they're great for your gut, great for supporting your appetite, your satiety levels. They help you uh, feel satiated, and they help you burn fat for fuel. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, and preservative-free. So they are the top of the line. They've got some great flavors that you will absolutely love. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. I mean, my kids love these, my family loves these, and I know you will as well. So try them out, Paleo Valley, and I know you're gonna love them. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast. Today we're gonna be talking about the endocannabinoid system, CBD, and how that can benefit our body and our health. And we've got a great guest. This is Leah Hawks from The Sacred Plant. The Sacred Plant is a docuseries, very, very popular docuseries, where um, really it was really just all about how CBD offers so many great medicinal properties that can benefit us, things like pain. Uh, people are seeing great results with, uh, with a lot of different mood disorders using CBD, as well as things like cancer. And so, Leah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm uh, grateful to be here and excited to talk to your audience about this because it's something that not a lot of people even know about. I'm sure that they're scratching their heads like, what the heck is the endocannabinoid system? So excited to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And so let's start by uh, talking about the docuseries, how you got involved in it. In it. Absolutely. So I've, I've been with, I'm a founding member of the Sacred Plants. So I've been with it since the get-go. And our initial idea was to start with the docuseries. It's kind of like teaching people how to crawl, so to speak, and to, to introduce the topic. Because in a lot of ways, a lot of people uh, don't even know about the endocannabinoid system. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's still not even taught in most medical 
uh, universities or or fields or anything like that. It's it's actually a very few, and luckily we're seeing a surge in that. We're seeing an improvement. We're actually starting to see full fledged classes and cur curriculum around learning the endocannabinoid system. But really, the the point of that docu series was to introduce it to people to help break down the stigma because the way that we learned the about the endocannabinoid system was actually through the discovery with cannabis. And so you you have this intertanglement mm. of confusion and stigmatism. And, you know, for the last hundred plus years, we've had a, a pushing, a down, a pushing of down of this medicinal plant. So we discussed that as well. What is its true medicinal value and why have we been hindered? So that was the start of it all. And it was fantastic. It was a great start, but people wanted to know more. They're like, okay, you've told me this is a medicine. Now let's, let's be real. How is it a medicine? What does that look like? What's its applicable use? So we actually dove into masterclasses and books and things like that, because we realized that people out there are very much so willing to discuss the topic. They need more information and they need to know that it's credible. So that's where we come into play. Yeah, you know, I was in school from, in college from the year 1999 through 2009. So over nine years of college, I have multiple degrees. Never once did I hear the term endocannabinoid system. I took right. tons of physiology courses, um, you know, pharmacology. I mean, all of this, never heard about it, right? And so really, I only heard about it about four years ago right, as CBD started gaining popularity. So can you explain to our audience more about what the endocannabinoid system in our body is? Absolutely. Funny enough, it is a system that has been, the, the, since its discovery, it's been indicated that it's at least 500 million years old. So this isn't like a new process or a new system inside of our body. And I think that's, that's why you see me like smiling, because it's so interesting, like, you, it's abundantly clear we're still discovering our bodies every day, every year, and researchers are still diving into it. So that's what's so exciting is that in the 1990s, through an accidental discovery, we found the endocannabinoid system. And the way that it was found was they were trying to test and see what the heck THC did inside of our bodies. Because at first it was, oh, THC is bad. You know, THC is one component of cannabis. THC is bad and we need to prove it. So that was, that's what that research Now is THC is considered, is that considered the addictive component of it's, marijuana? It's considered CBD? the psychoactive component. The psychoactive of, component, yeah. yeah. So uh, cannabis is not addictive. It's definitely been misused. We've seen that a yeah. lot throughout its, its use, but it's not addictive. So you, hmm. you of all people know this. Addiction is classified as you cannot actually physically or mentally sustain without utilization of the substance. Mm. Right. Yeah. So you can still live and you could still live happily without cannabis. And that's the difference here is we want to be very clear that, yes, you can become dependent because you get used to it. And that's where the misuse right. is. But if you decided to stop today, you would not be addicted. You would not go through extensive withdrawal processes or anything like that. So a little bit of a distinguishment there. But yeah, so that's that's how it was discovered is this this, you know, wanting to research THC. So the point and purpose of the uh, endocannabinoid system is it's all throughout our body. It's like everywhere. It's in our immune system and our cells. It's in our organs in various places. It works throughout our uh, endocrine system, our cardiovascular system, our, our uh, just everything. It's neuroprotective, like all these things. So what does that mean? Okay, if it interacts with all these things, what the heck is it? 
it's a ultimate modulating system. That's truthfully mm. what the endocannabinoid system is. The easiest way to, to explain it is it's the manager of the, the plant. The plant is our body. Let's say the, the industry plant, we, we create things all day, every day. And it's saying yes, no, up, down. That's pretty much what the neurocannabinoid system is doing. It's saying, hey, you need to turn that, that process on. You need to turn that process off. So a great example is our inflammation response, right? So the endocannabinoid system is going to the immune system and saying, hey, we need, we need some help over here. We need some repair and healing. I need you to turn that process on. And then it goes back to the immune system and says, okay, that's enough. I don't need any more. We could turn that back off or we could reduce it. So it's going to optimize that response. So really, the easiest way to explain it, your endocannabinoid system is responsible for your homeostasis, your balance within the body. And then through those processes, it's also important for repair and protection. So it's kind of like those three things, homeostasis at the top, and then that repair and protection is, is there to support our inner healer, so to speak. So all, you know, scratch on your arm, you can have a scratch on your arm forever, gets healed, it goes away. And that's what, that's the endocannabinoid system telling the rest of our body, this is what we got to do. What are some symptoms that somebody might have if their endocannabinoid system is out of balance? Which is super common. They've actually, because of this exact thing, they've, they've deemed it the endocannabinoid system deficiencies. Yeah. And so there's a whole gang of research that's around this exact thing. And so they speculate these huge diseases are actually a symptom of deficiencies in our endocannabinoid system. So usually you can see this in sleep issues, digestive issues, this could be seen in your uh, your mood. So if you're irritable or if you're angry or or if you're just kind of numb, that's also another indicator that your endocannabinoid system is off. A huge, huge, obvious one, inflammation response. Just because that is such, it's as we as we see in research over and over, an inflammation response is so important. It can either be really great for us or it can be really bad for us. And if your endocannabinoid system is off you'll typically see your inflammation off. You'll, you'll feel like aches and pain throughout your body that you can't really put a pinpoint or you'll, you'll feel kind of nauseous or not, not at your best all the time, every day. That'll be another pinpoint. So it's mm -hmm. kind of a, a trickle effect. It's, it's the under the rug, so to speak, issue. And we happen to see it come out as, let's say it's cancer. We've seen it come out as osteoarthritis. We've seen it come out as pain issues. Uh, you know, related to that inflammation, those types of things. And how does cannabis impact the endocannabinoid system? Which is, this is, the, for me, the coolest thing about the endocannabinoid mm -hmm. system. So we talk about it being 500 million years old. And, and so think about this. We've grown with our body, this endocannabinoid system, you know, since the beginning of time, so on and so forth. And through this process, we can see that we've also cohabitated, I mean, we've co-evolved, we've grown side by side with cannabis for at least 5,000 years. And we've seen this in the old Chinese pharmacopoeias, we see these in uh, ancient China, and we see these in old uh, Egyptian writings, we see this in old Roman and Greek writings, like it's all over the place. So what we're able to see is that somehow, through natural force, uh, the cannabis is molecules are able to go inside of our endocannabinoid system and act as if it was naturally uh, processing inside of our body. So for instance, CBD and THC, 
have been shown almost identical, not identical, but pretty dang close to the naturally occurring neurotransmitters in our body known as endocannabinoids, 2-AG, and anatomide. So the fact that they were able to show through research that these two molecules match these naturally occurring molecules inside of our body, that was a sign. And then we can, able, we can see that those cannabinoids, flavonoids, terpenes are able to go inside of our body, which are molecules in the cannabis plant, and interact inside the endocannabinoid system. So we see it helping with, that's why we see such a huge span of what cannabis is able to do because it has multiple molecules that attach to multiple receptors in our body that mimic naturally occurring processes in our body. So you're saying that basically that cannabis has really been grown, just kind of grows naturally almost everywhere in the world. And that it really does. Yeah. humanity, we've been using this for as long as we know. Yeah, at least what we can show. And again, we're not trying yeah. to just spitball things. We want, we want credible, we want to see it, and we want to know exactly how it's working. And so when we look back to these, you know, these writings from, you know, well, well over 5,000 years ago, we see them being methodical as well. Like we've tried it on this. It did not work. We tried it in this way. It did work. So mm. that's, what's really great is we have absolutely created a, a relationship with this plant long, long time ago. And, we, and it does grow easily and naturally throughout the world. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's not uncommon that somebody would come into, into, into contact with cannabis at some point. And remember, hemp also falls under there. It's just a designation that the government gave based off of yeah. the THC level. So that same thing. Right. Yeah. So basically hemp, I know, for is, has been able to be sold over the counter, you know, in most places like in the United States, you can't grow it, I believe, but in Canada, they grow it and they sell it in the United States, but it has to have very, very small percentage of THC, which is a psychoactive component, like you were talking about. Um, I also heard that like George Washington was a hemp farmer, right? And they used to use hemp for paper and for clothing and all kinds of stuff because it was really hardy. It's also like a natural pesticide. It's really great to have as part of a garden. Now, what happened where you know, clearly now like hemp got a, a bad reputation somewhere along the line. Can you explain how that worked? Absolutely. And a funny little tidbit about the George Washington thing. There's actually journals of him where he's seeing the different uh, cultivars, which is variations mm -hmm. in the plant. And it's really cool. So this is not, we're not like a new discovery or anything like that. We just happened to stumble upon something that was already in the works. But when it comes to like why it was pulled away, why it was thrown, thrown to the side, this is up in the air. This is purely theorized. At the end of the day, any, any viewpoint is going to look at it differently in all honesty. So mm -hmm. our particular viewpoint looks at it from the standpoint of why, right? What happened? Pharmaceuticals started going up. Plant medicine started going down. Mm. That's, that is a real trend that we can see in the early 1900s that pharmaceuticals started up and up. And then they started realizing that pharmaceuticals could be extracted from these natural plants, right? So you, you see a variety of different um, remedies that are on the market, even today, that are still exactly that is. Let's just take this one little piece out of this naturally existing plant because that's the one that, you know, helps with yeah. this issue. Like white willow bark is a natural plant that has salicylates that uh, are, you know, basically the compounds that are used for aspirin. Right. Yep. Yep. And so you see that that's pretty much the basis of what pharmaceuticals are. 
is how can we replicate, alter, or otherwise naturally existing substances so that we can turn it into medicine. And the, the meaning behind it, I get it, right? How can we make it easy, methodical, something that anybody and everybody could gain value from? Because plant medicine is not straightforward. It's not obvious. You have to take a little trial and error with it. So I get the why, but the problem is, is we lost so much benefit hmm. from these naturally existing uh, substances when that happened. So we, we can correlate it. Like I said, pharmaceutical rise, plant medicine downfall. But then, you know, now we're at a place where we're realizing we, sh we, kind, of, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit because modern medicine and these traditional medicines actually work really well together. So now we're seeing this resurgence of plant medicines being utilized in, you know, every day. Yeah. And how did, obviously, uh, you know, cannabis is in the same family as marijuana. And obviously, marijuana has a really bad reputation, uh, particularly smoking marijuana. So right. what is the difference between marijuana and using medicinal cannabis? Well, marijuana, honestly, is, is a terminology that was created to separate it from cannabis as a whole. Anyway, mm. it was used as a derogatory term for the plant. And then that way they could, they could actually sway. Then this, this is, again, this is based off of the research. It's not, I, I can't say substantially, like this is a hundred percent definitive because again, we're basing it off of history and what was recorded and so on. And so yeah. on. But what happened was they created this word marijuana. Um, Angslinger is literally is uh, Harry Angslinger is the one who's, who's uh, noted as coming up with this term. And at the time, it was supposed to deem as like, this is a bad plant and it's going to cause you to go crazy and it's going to cause you to be sex fiend and like kill people. Like literally, they put a whole propaganda, right? Reefer Madness. Mm -hmm. And this word was the word that they used to, to designate the plant. And so researchers, doctors, physicians, so on and so forth, they didn't actually know that that was what was being discussed. So cannabis and hemp, I'm sorry, cannabis and marijuana are actually the exact same thing. Difference here, for sure, hands down, I'll admit this, is the viewpoint between recreational and medicinal. In recreational markets, the, ab the absolute goal is to get high, is to get mm. out of your, have that out-of-the-body experience, out-of-mind experience, right? That's not the goal in medicine. So typically what we see, the differentiation now, marijuana is linked to like the recreational conversation, where it's high, high THC, very low other cannabinoid terpenes, that's, the, that's kind of the separation. We're not looking for that. We're not, high, high doses of THC are not going to solve our problems. THC is a phenomenally beneficial cannabinoid. However, we're, we're, not, we're not trying to get high, we're trying to get healing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, the, that's kind of how I separate it is those high, high, high THC numbers and low, low of everything else kind of throw under the marijuana bucket, which is mm -hmm. typically the recreational bucket. And we're looking for those really high, high other cannabinoids. So we're looking for something like CBD four to one THC, right? So four parts of CBD in the concentration to one part. We, you know, in recreational, you might see it as 20 parts THC to mm. 0.1 part of CBD. So again, that's kind of a how I delineate and I help yeah. others do it too. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about the importance of electrolytes. If you're having trouble with your energy or you just want to take your game to the next level, electrolytes and good hydration 
are one of the most important things you can do. And most people are not getting the proper ratio of electrolytes and they're not hydrating their body well enough. If you are exercising a lot, especially outside and in the heat and you're sweating, or if you're on a low carb diet, a ketogenic diet, or you're doing fasting, whether it's intermittent or extended fasting, you are going to lose electrolytes. In fact, when you go on a ketogenic diet, or if you're intermittent fasting, your insulin levels drop. And when insulin drops, you excrete electrolytes, particularly sodium. You really need to increase your sodium when you're on these sorts of nutrition plans, and that will help relieve hunger and, cr and cravings. It's gonna help reduce cramps if you're dealing with that. Some people deal with headaches when they're fasting or if they're on a low carb diet, or if they're exercising in heat, that's gonna help reduce headaches, tiredness, dizziness, fatigue. It's gonna really support your body so you can be at the top of your game. Now, the problem with most electrolyte powders out there is they're full of sugar, artificial ingredients, different artificial colorings, things that we just don't want. They're not healthy and they don't help support hydration. So I've actually partnered with a company called Element. They've sent me some of their products and they're fantastic. Not only do they have the right ratio of sodium to potassium and magnesium in there, but on top of that, they're also flavored with stevia, which is an all natural flavoring agent that doesn't impact our blood sugar and makes this more palatable. Now, they have some great flavors. They have citrus salt, raspberry salt, and orange salt. All of them taste great. They also have an unflavored. So if you want to avoid stevia, they do have an unflavored as well. But I really like this product and this company actually works with the US Olympics. They're working with several NFL teams, NBA teams, and NBA players. A lot of high-level athletes are using Element every single day to get the best results. On top of that, you know, if you just want to be the best mom, if you want to get the best workout, you know, if you just are a hard-charging individual that wants to get the most out of life, this product can really help support you. It was founded by my friend Rob Wolf, who is a two-time New York Times best-selling author. Uh, you know, he's in the paleo space, and he also works with people that are on a ketogenic diet. And see, he's seen amazing results using this for athletes, low-carb dieters, people that are just looking to improve their overall fitness, their health, and their energy levels. And it's a great product, and you guys can find it at drinklmnt.com forward slash drjockers. And that will take you to a page where they have their variety pack. The variety pack, I think, is the best way to get started with them. It has multiple flavors, including the citrus salt, raspberry salt, and orange salt, which are the most popular. So that way you can kind of sample them and see which ones you like the best. So the link is drink lmnt.com forward slash drjockers and that will take you to the page so you can learn more about this amazing electrolyte drink again if you are an athlete somebody that really wants to have more energy better mental clarity really wants to charge into life uh, if you enjoy working out outside especially if you like running and doing long distance work outside or if you're intermittent fasting or on a ketogenic diet and you want to get the best results trying some trying an electrolyte drink i think can really help up your game so check that out again drink lmnt.com forward slash dr jockers now that's a good explanation there and also i think there's a big difference between smoking plants yeah. and using like medicinal oils sublingually or um, like in a capsule form 
So when you, whenever you're smoking something, just the act of smoking it, you're creating also a lot of free radicals. Um, you're causing more oxidative stress in your system. And yes, you can inhale and get a lot of these compounds into the system, but the actual smoking, the fire, the heat there is producing a lot of oxidative compounds that are not healthy, so as opposed to using, again, like a CBD capsule um, or the oil sublingually, which is a way that a lot of people will do it, where they'll just drop it under their tongue where it dissolves into the saliva, gets right, right uh, into the bloodstream, so you get more of an immediate effect that way. And that's a lot more therapeutic without getting that those oxidative elements. And it's interesting because that, that always tends, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, because it always tends to be a little bit of a more controversial viewpoint because there are some benefits to inhalation. We've seen it, for instance, with those who need immediate onset, say that they're in the midst of a panic attack or a seizure or something like that. Those That can be very helpful because the onset is seconds, whereas opposed to, let's say, a tincture under the tongue could take up to 10 minutes or maybe longer, depending on your absorption level. So we don't want to completely eliminate that as an application. We need to refine it. And so we see that refinement through the utilization of vaporizers. And again, we are, we are, the, the point of purpose here is to get those molecules to a state so they can be absorbed not to the point of where we're burning them, right? Yeah. We don't want to burn it because it's just like you said, the second we burn it, we've now completely ruined the plant, so to speak, that causes those oxidizations, causes that free radical stress, all those things. And also when you're inhaling the actual plant, like if you're burning the actual plant, you're, in, you're inhaling plant matter. Guess where that's going? It's going straight into your lungs. It's going to mess with your bronchial fibers and it's going to cause that agitation and so on and so forth. So that's why we also want to stay away from, it's not that inhalation is bad, it's that smoking and burning the material is not ideal at all. So yeah. we look at it from a standpoint of how can we warm it so that we can breathe it in, but not get those carcinogenics or anything like that, right? Yeah, certainly. That, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Now, um, obviously, you guys did a lot of in-depth study for the uh, sacred plant docu-series. You talked to a lot of people have had great results with this. What kind of conditions were you seeing people getting amazing results with? The There's some conditions are kind of on the fence still. Mm -hmm. So we're like new research is showing that Alzheimer's prevention is a huge place that we want to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, another place is actually MS and fibromyalgia prevention. What is happening inside the body that causes like all of a sudden a complete short circuit and then these huge chronic issues come out right but so that's that's exciting those are huge yeah. huge topics in terms of what is showing every day time and time again to have tremendous benefit pretty much like i said anything related to that endocannabinoid deficiency so these are mood related issues let's say you have depression anxiety i personally have both those things and i've seen tremendous benefit by incorporating a cbd uh strong uh, whole plant application it's been huge and then on top of that, we see miraculous things happening with cancer. Cancer is a little bit uh, more of a sticky point because you have to decide what kind of cancer, where's the cancer, and is it hormonal cancer? You have to be careful with that. But wow. otherwise, we see great results with uh, cancer and cannabis. And even further, cancer, cannabis, and conventional options uh, have been just, just knocking out of the park. And so we're taking a, a smaller percentage of efficacy, meaning its ability to actually work within the body and increasing it by 10, 15%, which can make a really big difference in their actual results over time. 
Uh, so cancer is a huge one. Big one is also anything related to arthritis, including osteoarthritis, because it's attacking straight at the inflammation points, helping reduce that pain trigger. And to get you more mobile, it actually causes uh, the relaxation of muscles as well, which is super necessary in those types of issues. Um, and then we also, so those are the big ones, but you also see it work with sciatica pains or sciatica issues in general. We see it work with um, bronchial issues, asthmatics uh, or diabetics as well. So it's, it's pretty across the board. And like I said, it completely depends on your endocannabinoid system's tone. That's what they refer to it as mm-hmm. tone. What is the level of which your uh, endocannabinoid system is working? And if it's not working, then you see these issues. And that's when you can see um, cannabis working to help resolve this. To be super, super clear here, I wanna make this distinction. Cannabis is not going to solve other issues. So this is really important. Cannabis is one of like the the toolbox, so to speak. If you have problems with your eating, it's not going to solve your your eating problems. If you're not Mm -hmm. exercising, it might encourage you by helping reduce that anxiety, helping get your muscles more relaxed, but it's not going to get you to exercise, right? So right. there's a difference here. Is it's one tool meant to be used in conjunction with other tools, and it works really well in that way. It is not a cure-all. It's mm-hmm. not going to solve all the issues, so to speak. Yeah, always important uh, to mention that you know any sort of supplement is really supplemental to a healthy okay. lifestyle. Now, what are the kind of dosages like if somebody were just getting started what, what is the general recommendation for like a starting dosage? Is it usually starting low and slow and kind of yeah. gradually boosting? How, how, how do you recommend it? Hit it right on the head. Low and slow is absolutely the way to go. And really it depends on where you're starting. Are you completely novice? Like have you never, ever, ever utilized cannabis? And I'm not talking only in the recreational form. It's also the medicinal form. Have you not used it at all? Then you want to start even more, more back. So typically we see experts recommend starting at as low of a dose as 1.5 milligrams of whole application. So it's important to men- mention that whole application. So this, in- this includes the, maybe it's the, the oil that it's mixed with, maybe it's the um, other ingredients like terpenes that it might be with, those types of things. You want a whole plant application. And so again, between 1.5 milligrams to 2.5 milligrams is like the lowest range that they'll start with. And they'll typically also start you at a higher level of CBD to a much, much lower level of THC. The right. THC level will go up or down depending on your particular needs. Mm. So let's say you have a very pain-focused condition, that THC is going to go up. However, let's mm. say you have a very inflammation-focused issue, the CBD is actually going to go up. So again, it's going to be completely dependent, but a good place to start is a very high CBD to low THC. Um, t- that, that is possible in hemp. You don't even have to look at the ratio. You're mm-hmm. automatically going to get that because hemp can only be up to 3% of THC. But if you're looking at a cannabis strain, so a little bit higher of that THC, you might want to start as a 20 to one, like literally that big of a difference because you need to acclimate your body to having external cannabinoids in it. It's yeah. never used them before. It's got to get used to using them. Now the body will go right into like go kickstart right into it and know exactly how to use it, but you still have to introduce it, right? It's mm-hmm. the difference between you don't have any vitamin D in your system. You're not going to go shoot up straight to 8,000, you know, uh, milligrams or uh, at the, the <laughs> brain, but you're not going to go straight to 8,000. You're going to start probably at 1500, right? 
So the idea is there too. Your body has to start to actually acclimate and use it. So good starting places there. Looking for that higher CBD to THC. Absolutely make sure that there's some terpenes in there. Some really great terpenes to know are myrcene, M-Y-R-C-E-N-E. Myrcene is a phenomenal one. That's really great for people who have sleep issues, mood depression issues, or pain issues. Great one. Or limonene, which is another one. This is when you smell a lemon, you'll smell limonene. Uh, L-I-M-O-N-E-N-E. So a little weird spelling there. And limonene is really great for like uh, anxiety disorders or things you like, let's say that you have fatigue issues that'll help pump you up in the morning, those types of things. And it also helps with um, memory fog or brain fog. It helps reduce that and keep a, a clear mind. So those are different things you want to look at. Now, let's say that you're a little further along and you're, you maybe have incorporated a cannabis product or a hemp product for you already. Typically, like for instance, our experts will recommend for a wellness dose, about 20 to 30 milligrams. So that would be spread out between two to three times a day. So each dosage might be up to 10 to 15 milligrams, depending. And that'll just, again, we want to just kind of, it's like a, cannabis is actually a superfood. So it'll, it'll work inside of our body like a superfood. It's just there to help and supplement, as you mentioned, just make sure it's almost like a, an extra oiling machine so that nothing's squeaky, so to speak. And then, now, is this that best to take with meals, in beginning of meals, after meals? How, how is it typically recommended? Really good question. If you're on any supplementation or any other med- medicine, typically experts recommend just stay an hour outside of that window. It's 99% of the time will not interact. But again, we want to just stay out of the window so that way it allows for, hey, this supplement goes in and it works. And then now cannabis comes in and it can work. It's not overloading the body. Mm-hmm. So typically an hour outside of any other medicine or supplement. And then, so some people will actually eat it, like they'll, they'll consume it in such a way that they'll just eat it with their meal. Um, so that's okay too. But typically we see it as like, when you wake up in the morning, after work, you've completed the majority of your, your responsibilities through your day or your activities. And then an hour before bed. And however, starting like, like bare minimum starting is start with that hour before bed, mm-hmm. then incorporate that morning one. And if needed, incorporate the after work one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. And is there anything specifically you mentioned, like the whole plant? Is that, is that what they call full spectrum or like, what is, what sort of terminology should people be looking at if they're looking to purchase one? Obviously you can go to your health food store. There's lots of good online brands. Yes. Um, what should they be looking for? Should it always be organic? What, what are the key things they should be looking for? We kind of have our, our, our the sacred plant checklist. It's like yeah. eight points to look at. Point number one is whole plant. So this can be a little confusing. And I'm very sorry to anybody who's about to listen to this part because it is confusing. Your best bet is literally look for it saying whole plant extract. Whole plant. Okay. If it doesn't say whole plant extract, at times they might say full spectrum. If you see that, just turn the bottle around and make sure that there's no other additives. Mm. You'll see this typically as food grade terpenes. So that's the difference there. Look for that whole plant. Second best is full spectrum. And then if it is full spectrum, just double check to make sure that there's no additional ingredients that they're using to get those those levels. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, yes, that's what you're going to look for. Is it important to get it organic? Oh, yes. There we go. So that eight-point checklist. So what we do is whole plant. Point number two is that it's lab tested. 
Do not buy anything that you cannot actually pull up a lab and see exactly what is in that product. From it being tested to solvents that are kind of left over in the product, pesticides, heavy metals, molds, those are huge. So that, co that covers like points two to three, by the way. So those are all, it's very important to actually see the lab test. Number three is to know the concentration of your product. So this is another kind of sticky point. If your product says a thousand milligrams of extract, that doesn't mean it's thousand milligrams of CBD. So concentration is your, okay, how much hemp is actually in my product? Potency is what level of cannabinoids are in the product. Mm. So it's important to know that. No point in you buying something that says a thousand milligrams extract but you have no idea how much is in each drop because then you're just consuming and not really knowing what results that you're getting based off of what you're taking. So again, yeah. potency is huge. And then another piece is formulation. Know exactly what cannabinoids, ideally what terpenes. This is becoming more normal now. It was not as much in a couple of years ago, but now we're actually seeing it on the label of exactly what's in there. So yeah, it has CBD, maybe it has THC, but what other things are in there? Are those going to be beneficial for me? So cannabinoids, terpenes, this is what you want to look at in terms of your formulation. And then, yes, as organic and natural as possible, but the least amount of additives. Mm -hmm. So this is important because let's say that the cannabis is grown like really well and organic and naturally, but then they just throw it into any coconut oil possible. You no longer have an organic product. So yeah. you want to look for the whole thing. Make sure that everything is listed as organic coconut oil, or organic hemp extract, or, or sometimes you'll see naturally derived and some, many of the times that they just kind of say that because they can't classify as organic, but they've done as natural as possible. Whereas other times they're smaller companies and they haven't yet paid that $17,000 bond or fee to turn organic. So you can always check the company. What are they doing? Are they eco-friendly? Are they GMP friendly? You know, those types of things you can still see. You want naturally ideally organic but you can still see those great products that are not necessarily categorized as organic yeah this has been a really great interview a lot of a lot of really great information and i know i'm learning a lot uh as far as uh understanding cbd and the cannabis story and so where can i know you guys have a, a special report as well a cancer special report can you tell us about that and i will have that in the show notes for everybody yes so you'll definitely have the link for everybody make it easy on them yeah but the point of purpose of this is to introduce it. So if you or a loved one have cancer or you have cancer that runs in your family and you're looking to prevent cancer. So for me, for instance, I have almost every single member of my family that's over 40 has had some form of cancer. So I'm very scared. I've got to be careful. Um, so this is another asset for them. And the, the, it's to introduce how cannabis can work with cancer, what terpenes, what cannabinoids, what things to look for. And it, we also break down some myths because cancer is a huge topic. And so for instance, you probably have been on a CBD site and seen CBD kills cancer. Actually, no, THC kills cancer, but CBD helps within that process and CBD can stop cancer. So we talk about all those things. What are, what is the truth? What is the research actually indicating? And what's great about this report is it's, it's free, one, we made sure that it's free. Two, it, it'll help anybody and everybody, no matter where they are in the journey. And three, it's a really great resource to take to your doctor. Nobody has to do this on your own. If you've never introduced the topic to your doctor or, or you're scared to do it, you, know, you want to do it with some credibility. You want to do it with some research and some actual backing. And this will be a great way to do that as well. 
So that's why we created it is to help people at least get comfortable with the idea and then decide, is this for me or not? And then you can decide where to go from there. But we're just here to provide the information, allow them the option and help them feel empowered within it. Well, fantastic, Leah. This has been a, fant a great interview, guys. You can check out the Cancer Special Report in the show notes and the docuseries, The Sacred Plant. Is that just at thesacredplant.com? Can people, is there still like a free viewing period? Can people check that out? We actually don't have it live right mm -hmm. now, but if you uh, email us at support at thesacredplant.com, we can absolutely get you access to it. Our focus has shifted to these more like how-to um, yeah. products and informational um, reports and so on and so forth because that's where people are. They, they, they're like, all right, I'm okay with this as an idea. Now what? So Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you're interested, if, if you're new to the topic, by all means, please email us and we'd be happy, happy to get you access to do that. Well, great, Leah. Thanks for all the work that you guys are doing over there and getting this information out. I mean, plant, plant medicine is really the way to go. Uh, there's just so many people have had tremendous benefits from using plant-based medicine. It's, uh, it's something all of our ancestors used on a regular basis. And, um, you know, we, we really know more about it. We have more research behind it. We have um, a better understanding of how to use it now than ever before. And so thank you for, uh, for getting this information out. Guys, check out the Cancer Special Report and we will see you guys on a future podcast. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.